0: The only duplicate which existed, so far as I knew, was that which belonged to my servant Bannister, a man who has looked after my rooms for ten years, and whose honesty is absolutely above suspicion. I found that the key was indeed his, that he had entered my room to know if I wanted some tea, and that he had very carelessly left the key in the door when he came out. His visit to my room must have been within a few minutes of my leaving it. His forgetfulness about the key would have mattered little upon any other occasion but on this one day it has produced the most deplorable consequences. The moment I looked at my table, I was aware that someone had rummaged among my papers. The proof was in three long slips. I had left them all together. Now I found that one of them was lying on the floor, one was on the side table near the window, and the third was where I had left it. Holmes stirred for the first time. The first page on the floor, the second in the window, and the third where you had left it. Exactly, Mr. Holmes. You amazed me. How could you possibly know that? Pray continue your very interesting statement. For an instant, I imagined that Bannister had taken the unpardonable liberty of examining my papers. He denied it, however, with the utmost earnestness, and I'm convinced that he was speaking the truth. The alternative was that someone passing had observed the key in the door, had known that I was out, and entered to look at the papers. A large sum of money is at stake, but the scholarship is a very valuable one and an unscrupulous man, might very well run a risk in order to gain an advantage over his fellows. Bannister was very much upset by the incident. He nearly fainted when he found that the papers had undoubtedly been tampered with. I gave him a little brandy and left him collapsed in a chair. While I made a most careful examination of the room, I soon saw that the intruder had left other traces of his presence besides the rumpled papers. On the table in the window were several shreds from a pencil which had been sharpened. A broken tip of lead was lying there also. Evidently, the rascal had copied the papers in a great hurry, had broken his pencil, and had been compelled to put a fresh point to it. Excellent, Professor! Holmes was recovering his good humor, as his attention became more engrossed by the case. Fortune has been your friend. This was not all. I have a new writing table, with a fine surface of red leather. I am prepared to swear, and so is Bannister, that it was smooth and unstained. Now I found a clean cut in it, about three inches long. Not a mere scratch, Mr. Holmes, but a positive cut. Not only this, but on the table I found a small ball of black dough or clay, with specks of something which looks like a sawdust in it. I am convinced that these marks were left by the man who rifled my papers. There were no footmarks, and no other evidence to his identity. I was at my wits' end when suddenly the happy thought occurred to me that you were in town, and I came straight round to put the matter into your hands. Oh, do help me, Mr. Holmes, you see my dilemma. Either I must find the man, or the examination must be postponed, until fresh papers are prepared. And since this cannot be done without an explanation, there will ensue a hideous scandal, which will throw a cloud not only on the college, but on the whole university. Above all things, I desire to settle the matter quietly and discreetly. I shall be happy to look into it, Professor Soames, and give you such advice as I can. Holmes was already rising and putting on his overcoat. The case is not entirely devoid of interest. Had anyone visited you in your room after the papers came to you? Yes, yes, young Dolat Rass. He's an Indian student. He lives on the same stair. Came in to ask me some particulars about the examination. For which he was entered? Yes, yes. And the papers were on your table? To the best of my belief, they were rolled up. "'but might be recognised as proofs?' "'Yes, possibly. "'No one else in your room?' "'No, Mr. Holmes. "'Did anyone know that these proofs would be there?' "'No one save the printer. "'Did this man Bannister know?' "'No, no, certainly not. No one knew.' "'Where is Bannister now?' "'He was very ill, poor fellow. "'I left him collapsed in the chair. "'I was in such a hurry to come to you.' "'You left your door open?' "'Yes, I I locked up the papers first. "'Then it amounts to this, Mr. Soames.' that unless the Indian student recognized the papers as being proofs, the man who tampered with them came upon them accidentally without knowing they were there. So it seems to me. Holmes gave an enigmatic smile. Well, let us go round. Not one of your cases, Watson. Mental, not physical. All right, come if you want to. Now, Mr. Soames, I'm at your disposal. The sitting room of our client, opened by a long, low, latticed window. Onto the ancient, lichen-tinted court of the old college. A gothic arched door led to a worn stone staircase. On the ground floor was the tutor's room. Above were the rooms of three students, one on each story. It was already twilight when we reached the scene of our problem. Holmes halted and looked earnestly at the window.